Life Christian Centre is a church located in the city of Adelaide. It is made up of people from different backgrounds and walks of life who have been transformed through a relationship with Jesus Christ. For more information, visit us online at www.life-church.com.au Amen. If you have your Bibles, please turn with me to Ephesians. Get myself organised. Ephesians chapter 4. Uh, verse 22. All right, uh, Ephesians chapter 4, verse 22. Let's dive into the Word. The Bible says, uh, You were taught with regard to your former way of life to put off your old self, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires, to be made new in the attitude of your where? minds, and to put on the new self created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. Therefore, each of you must put off falsehood and speak truthfully to his neighbour. For we are all members of one body. In your anger, verse 26, do not sin. Do not let the sun go down while you are still angry. And do not give the devil a foothold. He who has been stealing must steal no longer, but must work doing something useful with his own hands, that he may have something to share with those in need. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs that it may benefit those who listen. Be careful the words that come out of your mouth. Choose carefully the words that come out of your mouth. Verse 30, And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God with whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Get rid of all bitterness, rage and anger, brawling and slander, along with every kind of malice. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ God forgave you. And so, Father, we thank you for your word. I just pray that by the Holy Spirit, this word would become a revelation in our hearts, that you would minister to the wounds in our hearts and in our lives, that you would help us uh, to see ourselves as you see us, Lord God, that you would help us to know things about ourselves we don't even know today, Father. By the Holy Spirit, would you speak to us today and minister to each and every one of us, bind every spirit of fear and intimidation. Just let there be freedom to speak and hear your word today. In Jesus' name, amen. I want to continue on a theme I began a couple of weeks ago on the mind. Um, Pastor Elio shared on beliefs last week as well. We said that one of the doctrines or themes that appears in the Bible is the doctrine of change. That when we come to know Christ, one of the things that God does is He begins to change us and transform us. He doesn't leave us the way we are. He changes us and transforms us for the better. Um, Paul says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ... He's a new creation. The old is gone and the new is here. Um, how does, the question is, how does God change us? Well, one of the ways that God changes us is by changing the way we think. Paul said to the Romans, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world. Listen carefully, but let God transform you into a new person. How, how does He transform us? He transforms us by changing the way we think. By changing the way we think. Our thoughts are powerful. The way we think is powerful. We underestimate the power of thoughts. Pastor Elia shared about the power of beliefs. What we believe translates or, or, or influences the way we think about life, the way we interpret situations, the circumstances that we're going through. Uh, our beliefs influence the way we think and how we interpret our life. Most of the greatest challenges that we have in life are the challenges in the mind. Can I hear an amen? 
Most of the battles that we face in life, they don't happen around us. They happen in our minds. They happen between our ears. Um, Our thoughts are powerful. As Craig Rochelle says, our lives move in the direction of our strongest thoughts. Change your thoughts, change your life. Um, If our thoughts are full of faith, full of God's truth, uh, we will begin to to become more like Christ every single day. And if our thoughts are toxic and distorted, Um, and negative, they will influence our whole lives. Paul says to the Romans, the mind governed by the flesh is death, but the mind governed by the spirit is life and death. A mind that is governed or controlled or influenced by the flesh, by by my nature, by our our, our nature, it's going to lead to death. It's going to affect us in a profound way. But if you allow the mind, our, our mind to be governed or controlled or influenced by the Holy Spirit of God, it's going to lead to life and it's going to lead to peace. In other words, that if we, if we bring our thoughts into line with the truths of God's Word, with the power of God's Word, it's going to lead to life and peace in our hearts. I don't know about you, but I would like a bit more life and a little bit more peace. Question is, how do we change our thinking? Well, one of the ways that we do that is by taking every thought captive and making it obedient to Christ. We get a hold of every thought and we, we analyse every thought and we, and we make it obedient to Christ and to the principles of God's Word. We examine our thoughts. We say, what does the Bible say about this? And then we change our thoughts to line up with the Word of God. Um, the Bible says you shall know the truth and the, and the truth is going to set you free. The reality is the lies, the lies of the enemy, they're going to keep us bound. But the truths of God's word are going to set us free. And we begin to confess that truth, believe that truth. And as we do that, God by his grace begins to change our thinking and in turn change our lives. Today what I want to do is uh, look at the topic of anger and I think um, we can all think back to a time where, um, you know, we lost our temper. Any, any, some of you are driving here, you, there was a few issues coming out this morning before you came to church. Um, something didn't quite go the way you expected it and um, we lost our temper. I said to Lando this weekend, we can't argue because I'm speaking on anger on Sunday, all right? So just make sure we get it together, make sure we keep nice to each other. We, say a lot of, we see a lot of anger expressed today. Um, we see it expressed through road rage. We've talked about that before. Um, there's also game rage. Anybody, anybody heard about game rage? Uh, it's usually, you know, someone says, why don't we play a game of Monopoly, you know? And it all starts out, yeah, it's a great idea. Let's play a game of Monopoly. And, you know, harmony, it starts off harmony. And, and then, I don't know, within 15, 20 minutes, you know, so that's not what the rules say. The rules say this, and before long, you know, game rage uh, usually expressed by sore losers um, and so on. So uh, there's sports rage, you know, you, you, you hear about that, the, you know, people watching the game, you know. Uh, shopping rage, that's usually on the Boxing Day sale where, you know, shoppers killing each other. Uh, pe- people do the craziest things uh, when they get angry, when they lose it. Uh, have you ever seen a little toddler throw a tent- temper tantrum? You know, they throw themselves on the ground and flap their little arms and they scream at the top of their lungs, you know. Um, some people still doing that in their 20s, you know what I'm saying? In their 30s and 40s, they still do that. Um, and as, the, as they get older, nothing really changes. Just, just, just we learn how to express that anger in a slightly different way. As Christians, we need to learn how to deal with anger. 
As Christians, we need to learn how to, how to do, uh, how, to, how to understand this, this, this uh, topic of anger, the emotion of anger. James says, for man's anger does not bring about the righteous life that God desires. If we wanna be everything that God has called us to be, if we wanna live a life that pleases God, then, then one of the things that we need to do is we need to learn how to deal with anger, this emotion of anger. Now, everyone's gonna get angry sometimes. Everyone's gonna be annoyed sometimes, irritated. Um, but for some people, anger's a major issue. For some people, they're like a glass that's full and it doesn't take much to tip them over the edge. Come on, you know someone like that. They're carrying a glass that's full all the time and all it takes is a little nudge and, and, and that, that you've tipped them over the edge and they lose their plot. For some people, when they get angry, they explode. They do things they later regret, say things they wish they never said, and it, it affects them deeply, especially the people closest to them. Some people like a Ferrari. They can go zero to 100 in three seconds <laughs> with their anger I'm talking about. They just lose it. With, you know, zero, zero to three, three seconds, 100 in zero to three seconds. Usually you know if it's an issue because you feel like out of control when you're angry. Doesn't take much to trigger the anger. And you usually regret what you did or said later. All of us have had those kind of experiences with anger. Remember when I was quite young, got my license, you know, and uh, one time we were going to the charismatic conventions. Anybody remember the charismatic conventions back in January? Driving there in my V8, V8, VE Valiant, uh, an amazing car, um, driving along there. Some of the guys on the road, you know, they weren't driving properly. I think I was 16 or 17. And, you know, sometimes you've got to let them know. You know what I mean? So I let them know, beep, whatever, just, hey, you know, watch what you do. Anyway, we're driving to the Charismatic Convention car park, and they're driving in behind me. <laughs> or going to the Charismatic Convention. Uh, we've all had those situations. I thought, what an idiot, Joe. Uh, we've all had those situations where we've lost it, said things that we shouldn't have said, regretted. The interesting thing about anger is it's more about what's happening in the mind than in the behavior. Most of anger, what happens with anger, it's what's happening in the mind. That before there's an expression of anger, there's a, there's a, there's a lot of thinking that's taking place. There's a whole lot of thoughts and perceptions and assumptions. Um, there's a whole lot of processing that happens. And some of that processing is not even conscious, it's subconscious. It just happens automatically. And we, we don't even fully understand or fully are aware of what's going on, but, but it happens so quickly. All of these lead to an expression of anger. People that tend to have an issue with anger, they learn some strategies on how to deal with it, count to 10, <laughs> and then they lose it. You know what I mean? One, two, three, four, five, bang. Um, some of the people go for a walk, which is a really good thing. We'll come back to that to later. Uh, some counsellors, crazy counsellors, that don't know what they're talking about, they, they say, well, you've got to get a punching bag and you, you take your aggression out on the punching bag. You know, some people recommend that. If you're angry, you know, rather than punch something else, you know, get a punching bag, take it out on, on, on the punching. That's, that's terrible advice. Because what it says is, if I'm angry, I've got to punch something in order to, you, you, there's this association between anger and punching something. And it doesn't take much to move from the punching bag to the wall or eventually to an individual. 
Now, some of these strategies are good. Counting to 10 or 20 or 50 or 100 is going for a walk. Is, they're, they're good strategies. But to really deal with the anger, we need to get to the bottom of what's causing it. So what I want to do today is look at a number of things. Look at why we get angry, what the Bible says, and then how we should deal with anger. I just, I'm just praying that the Holy Spirit is going to do something that only the Holy Spirit can do. You see, we don't know what we don't know. There are things about ourselves we don't know. But the Holy Spirit does know. And as, as we get closer to God, as, as we draw nearer to God, one of the things the Holy Spirit does, we call it sanctification, is, is the Holy Spirit's job, role is to form Christ in us. And one of the things that the Holy Spirit does is he, he brings things out of the subconscious, brings them into the conscious realm where we can actually deal with it. My, my prayer above all else is I can preach this stuff and I can speak these words, but it's really the role of the Holy Spirit to, to deal with us as individuals because all, all of us have got some issues with anger and, and all of us have got wounds and all of us have got to forgive someone. All of us have got to deal with some of this stuff to a greater or lesser degree. My prayer is the Holy Spirit is going to do something in our lives today and minister healing today. First question we need to look at, at is why we get angry. People get angry for all kinds of reasons. Biology is, is one of the things. Hormones, lack of sleep is a big one. I don't know about you, but when I don't sleep properly, I become a little bit more irritable. Uh, stress is another one. Uh, you know, when you're stressed, your margins are, are a lot lower. You know, the less margins to tolerate uh, things and people and situations. For some people, it's learned behavior. Anger is, is behavior that you've learned. Grown up in a home where, where there was a lot of shouting and yelling whenever there was arguments. You know, I mean, whenever something went wrong, whenever there was conflict, the way people dealt with conflict was by, by screaming and yelling at each other. Uh, or perhaps on the converse, growing up in a home where wherever there was conflict, uh, you know, there was the silent treatment, you know, where people didn't talk to each other for two or three or five or seven or 10 days. And so it's learned behavior. You've, you've been modeled some of that kind of, kind of behavior. For some people, whenever there was conflict, there was just avoidance. Just avoid conflict at all costs. Conflict is bad. Conflict is evil. And, and, and avoid it at all costs. Just, just, you know, brush, sweep it under the carpet. Just... Peace, you know, make sure everybody's getting along all the time because the last thing we want to do is deal with conflict. I, I tell people conflict is not bad at all. It's never the conflict that's the issue. It's always what you do with it and how you deal with it. That's the issue. I tell married couples that, that uh, it's only three or four lessons I teach, but I teach that, that, that the goal of marriage is, is, is intimacy, it's closeness, it's deep friendship. Uh, uh, that, 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 the, that the goal or the, or, or of marriage is, is, is to get closer and closer every single year. Well, how does that actually happen? Well, one of, the, one of the ways it happens is through communication. It's by talking to each other. You get closer to each other by talking to each other, by learning to talk, not just superficially, but, but deeper. As, 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 the, as the conversation, as the communication gets deeper, then, then, the, then the intimacy gets deeper. The closeness gets deeper. Um, uh, and, and so that, that's, 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 that's how, how, how intimacy actually happens. But then there's, there's an enemy of, of intimacy, of closeness, and the enemy is conflict. And conflict is a two-edged sword because it has the capacity to tear us apart. It, it has the capacity to put a wedge in a relationship uh, when, when, when it isn't dealt with properly. But if conflict is dealt with in the right way, and there is a way to deal with conflict that, that doesn't tear people apart, it has the capacity to actually bring people closer together. 
people have experienced this in friendship or in marriage, you know, where there's been a big argument and a misunderstanding or conflict and, and then you, you, you deal with it in the right way. And when it's dealt with in the right way, you start, not, you start to talk about what actually happened. You said this and it really upset me the other day. And oh no, but I, I know I said that, but I di- didn't mean like what I meant was this. I'm really sorry. I didn't. And when conflict is dealt with the right way, it actually has the capacity to bring people closer together. Has that been some experience with someone in friendships or in marriage? Yes or no? No, there's a lot of conflict happening in church. I'm glad I'm talking about this conflict. Um, So conflict is not a bad thing. Anger is not a bad thing. We're going to see that this morning, that the anger is not a sin. It's how we deal with the anger. That's really important. Some people, you know, lose it and they go, well, that's just the way that I am. It's always interesting when I talk to people like that. It's just the way that I am. Well, I can be like that too, if you want. In fact, why don't the two of us be like that? Let's see how it feels for me to be just the way that I am. Because I can lose it too. I can do do zero uh, to 100 in three seconds. I know how to do that. Not helpful for anyone. Gary Collins says, anger is aroused when we feel threatened or demeaned or blocked in our progress towards some desired goal. We feel angry when we feel that our expectations are not being met. This can be real or perceived. And sometimes the reason why we're angry is obvious, but many times it's not. I like, I like to see, you've heard me say this before, I like to see anger as the red light on the dashboard of a car. That when the red light lights up, it usually means there's something wrong with the car. <laughs> it's a warning, you better deal with this issue before it gets worse. Now you can deal with the issue by getting some sticky tape, or some black sticky tape and putting it over the light so that you don't see it anymore and you've dealt with it. Thumbs up. That, that kind of deals with the situation temporarily, but it doesn't fix the problem. A lot of people deal with the, the anger by just putting a Band-Aid over the top. We need to deal with it. Anger is an indication that something isn't right inside. Not necessarily something bad, just something that needs some attention. And if we ignore the red light, it could potentially cause some damage to our life and others around us. So if anger is an issue for you, you need to ask yourself some questions. Here's, here's two or three that I, that I, that I we, we need to do a timeout. When you see that red light flashing and you know when it's flashing inside, you feel the irritation coming up. You feel those emotions of anger coming up. You need to stop and ask yourself some simple questions. Who am I really angry with? What am I really angry about? It's really important to ask, to, to, to ask yourself those questions and, and, and get some answers to those questions. Who am I really angry with here? What am I really angry about? What's really underneath this anger? Now, if it's not an issue for us, it might be just circumstantial. circumstantial. We know kind of, oh, you know, you know, he ticked me off, she ticked me off, whatever it was. I haven't slept enough, you know. I need to just get more rest, blah, 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 blah. Or I'm stressed. I need to deal with my margins. Maybe it's superficial. But if we're forever getting angry, and I don't just mean angry, it's going into rage and, and you know, we lose it, then we need to stop and ask ourselves some questions. Who am I really angry with? Because it's certainly not the dog. <laughs> it's certainly not the traffic. It's got nothing to do with monopoly. It's got to do with something else. And what am I really angry about? Many times it's a deeper wound that needs to be acknowledged and dealt with. If we're going to deal with anger, and also we also need to understand the physiology of anger. I'm running out of time. 
We're going to go through this quickly. Researchers have found that physically, the body reacts to anger just like it does to fear. So whenever you're faced with fear, the body instinctively, we've got this little thing in our brains, a bit like a walnut. It's called the amygdala. You're learning a bit of physiology today. Everybody say amygdala. You got one in your brain, all right? Uh, instinctive, whenever we're faced with fear or a threat, the body instinctively has one of two reactions. It's called the flight or fight. You, many of you have heard this. Uh, in other words, if a person sees a snake, the body immediately prepares itself to either run like crazy away from the snake or to face the snake and fight it. I, when I see a snake, I run <laughs> fast. Um, but you, the, the body instinctively gets ready to do one of those two things. Now, in order to do that, the body immediately releases adrenaline, cortisol, hormones, blood rushes to the brain so that you can make apparently better and quicker decisions. A heart starts pumping faster. Come on, you know what I'm talking about. You've experienced this. And all, and all of that's good when facing a snake or a or I don't know, uh, 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 something bad, you know, uh, you, you know, you see a robber in the house, it's, you're going to do one of two things. You're either going to run or you're going to face the situation. Problem is when that thing is, that is threatening us is not a snake, but a person. And the body reacts the same way. Um, when, 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 when we're in a situation where we feel threatened by an individual, the body reacts in the same way. Counselors call it flooding. The blood rushes to the brain. Yeah, adrenaline is there. Your heart starts pumping. And the, the body's ready for action, wanting to do something. Usually kill that person. You know what I'm saying? When flooding happens, people say and do things that are highly destructive. When, 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 when and you know what I'm talking about. If, you, if any of you are aware of your emotions, and you, you can feel it coming up. You, you can feel that anger kind of just go, coming up and up. You, you can feel it, you know, and as you're feeling it up, you've got a choice to make. You either stay or you, or you go because you know something bad is going to happen soon. If that's you, the best thing to do when you're feeling it coming or when you feel the flooding, you can feel it. Best thing to do is just to go for a walk for 20 minutes because that's how long it takes for the body to reset itself for, you know, your brain to come back into gear and yet about to think straight again. Why do we experience anger? We experience anger when we feel threatened, demeaned, blocked in some way. When our expectations are not met, we experience this emotion of anger. And anger's not always bad. It's not anger. Anger is not bad. It's what we do with anger that's bad. So before we look at how we deal with anger, let me just give you some quick scriptures in the Bible. I'm going to move into how, how, how do we deal with it. The Bible has a lot to say about anger. Psalm 37 verse 8. Refrain from anger and turn from wrath. Do not fret. It leads only to evil. In other words, the, the Prov, uh, Psalm 37 8. The Bible is saying, don't be angry. Turn from wrath. In other words, the Bible is saying you, you can pursue the path of wrath or you can turn away from it. We can choose what we do with the emotion of anger when we feel it coming up. Proverbs 14, 17, a quick-tempered man or woman does foolish things. And a crafty man is saved. A quick-tempered man does foolish things. 
If, 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 you, if, if you're one of those zero to 100 in three seconds, you're going to do some dumb things. Proverbs 29, 11, a fool gives full vent to his anger, but a wise man keeps himself under control. Proverbs 22, 24, 25, do not make friends with a hot-tempered man. Do not associate with one easily angered or you may learn his ways and get yourself ensnared. Now, some of us have grown up in an environment of a lot of temper. Some of us have learned those ways. Some, some of us have, have you know, uh, some thoughts or, or beliefs about how to deal with anger. And, and we need to take a hold of some of those thoughts. We need to grab a hold of some of those beliefs and we need to bring them into line with Scripture and what the Word of God says. You know, some, some people, oh, if I didn't have these parents, you know, then my life would be different. You know, um, the reality is, with our parents, we're always going to have, we're going to learn some amazing things and there's going to be some negative things. You know, when, when I was younger, it was, you know, all I would see was the negative things, you know. But then I became a parent. <laughs> and I realized that, you know, pretty close to perfect, but there's just a few little areas, <laughs> a long way from perfect. You know, and the older you get, the more you reflect on some of the mistakes you've, you know, that, that we've made. So the, the best way to, to look back, we learn, we, we learn, we keep the good and, 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 and deal with the bad, <laughs> deal with the negative. We live in a sinful world. That's life, <laughs> you know. It's learn to deal with that. Blaming is not the answer. <laughs> it's dealing with, 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 with that. Um, Proverbs 29, 22, an angry man stirs up dissension and a hot-tempered man commits many sins. James 1, 19, everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak and slow to become angry. For man's anger does not bring about the righteous life that God's desires. Proverbs 16, 32, he who is slow to anger is better than the mighty and he rules his spirit than, than he who takes a city. Learn how to rule your spirit. You can rule your emotions. Your emotions need to be subject to your will, not the other way around. Our emotions are a great servant and a terrible master. Exodus 34, 6, describing God, the Lord, the Lord, the compassionate and gracious God. He's slow to anger, but abounding in love and faithfulness. That's what we should be. Proverbs 19, 11, a person's wisdom yields patience. It is in one's glory to overlook an offense. Romans 12, 19, do not take revenge, my dear friends, but leave room for God's wrath, for it's written, it's mine to avenge. I will repay, says the Lord. In your anger, do not sin. Ephesians 4.26, as we read in our text. Do not let the sun go down while you're still angry. In your anger, do not sin. In other words, how you deal with anger is important. It's not a sin to be angry. It's how we deal with it that is crucial. There is such a thing as righteous anger. All throughout Scripture, you will see at times God got angry. Listen carefully. James Packer says, God's wrath in the Bible is never the capricious, self-indulgent, irritable, morally noble thing that human anger so often is. It is instead a right and necessary reaction to objective moral evil. Anger is not a sin. It's, 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 it's what we do with it and what we direct it to. There are times where God's people need to be angry. Jesus was angry. Walks into the temple. He sees the place. They're, they're, they're buying and selling and Jesus gets angry because these guys had forgotten what the temple or the spirit of the temple was all about. And he starts overthrowing temp tables. It's righteous anger. There, is, there are times where there is a place 
for righteous anger. That brings us to ask the question, so how do we deal with anger? Generally, two ways that people deal with anger. They, they're either exploders or repressors. The exploders yell and scream. They throw things, stomp up and down, slam doors. They lash out, throw plates. They don't spare their words. They're the exploders. They tell you exactly what they're thinking and feeling. And then there's the repressors. They're the silent type. They clam up inside. Their favorite strategy is the silent treatment. They can go for days and weeks. Both of these ways, dealing with anger, are just as destructive. The repressors are just as destructive as the exploders. It's not, sometimes we think, oh, it's the, it's the exploders, they're the bad ones. Well, both of these are destructive. But, but both of these prevent resolution. But both, both of these prevent uh, 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 something good happen. But both of these ways are destructive ways of dealing with, with conflict and with anger. So how do we deal with anger? So I believe Paul gives us some insight on how to deal with it. Paul says, get rid of all bitterness, rage and anger, brawling and slander, along with every form of malice. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ God forgave you. Three things. First thing we need to do to deal with anger is take responsibility for it. Paul says, get rid of all bitterness, rage. He's talking to the church in Ephesus. He's speaking to us. He's saying to you and to me, get rid of all bitterness. Rage and anger. So often people say, he made me get angry. She made me get angry. My boss, my, the government, the waiter made me get angry. You, you've seen people lose it at a restaurant with a waiter. It makes me feel sick. <laughs> Sorry. They made me get angry. No one can make you do anything. We can either choose to react with anger or respond with grace and mercy. It doesn't mean we don't respond. Because some people think, well, well either, I, either I face it or, 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 or I don't face it. You know, maybe God doesn't want me to face the issues. That's not what the Bible is saying. It's not about sweeping something under the cup. It's about how we face it. There is a way to face situations, conflict situations or difficult situations with grace and mercy. It's what the Bible encourages us to do and still gives us the outcome that we're looking for. I mean, if, if the waiter gets it wrong, you can, oh, you, wah, 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 and okay, gives you the outcome. Or you can say it nicely. Hey, say, listen, sorry, we ordered this, but you know, this has come through. Maybe there was a mistake. No, it's, a, it's still going to give you the same outcome, but it's going to be done in a godly way. It's win-win. No, Pastor Joe, is that easy to do? No, it's not. That's why we need the grace of God to help us to change. That's why we need the grace of God. We can't do this life by us. It's not a natural way to, to react and respond. We need the grace of God. Well, as we feed our mind with the word of God, with the truth of God's word, confess the truths of the Bible. As we pray, Holy Spirit, help me to become more like Jesus. Then God begins to change us and, change, and, and, and shape us and change us into the image of Christ. I was listening to something yesterday and what they were saying. Listen really carefully. Researchers are finding that Christian researchers are finding as we pray, our brain is rewired. As we pray, as we, as we pray, 20 minutes of prayer, as we pray, our brain is rewired. Things start, as we read the word, our brain is rewired. As we pray, God gives us the insight, not only to see ourselves, but to understand the others around us. 
We do deal with anger. The first thing is to take responsibility for our reactions. Second thing we need to do is understand the progression of anger. Paul says, get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, brawling, and slander, along with every form of malice. Anger always begins with a wound or a hurt. And it's important to understand this. It always begins with a wound or a hurt or a misunderstanding. That's why if we see ourselves responding with aggression or feeling the emotion of anger, we need to stop and ask ourselves the question, who am I really angry with? And what am I really angry about? Who am I really angry with here and what am I really angry about? Because usually it has nothing to do with the situation at hand. That situation many times is triggered, not always. Many times the situation has triggered a wound or a hurt. And if we don't deal with the hurt, Paul says it becomes, it leads to bitterness, anger, rage, brawling, slander. I love it. And all kinds of malice. If you don't deal with it, it's just going to get worse. You're going to be in bed, lying down in bed, and you're going to start. It's amazing how creative you can be when you don't like someone. You start to imagine all kinds of things. You start ringing places to dump some things on their you know, lawn and stuff like that. You think all kinds of creative ways to come against that person. Isn't this true what I'm saying? Come on, it's true what I'm saying. You know, I, I, I see this in marriage. I understand some marriages just are not going to work. I, I get that. I'm not, I'm not you know, uh, I understand some marriages don't work. But, I, but I, I find it interesting that people can be married for, for years and years and years and years. And then, and then, and then suddenly what, what happens is, you know, there's, there's some misunderstandings that are not dealt with properly. And, and they left to fester and they fester and they fester and they get worse and worse and worse. And then, and then suddenly, you know, there's a separation. And then they're killing each other. Anybody seen the movie The War of the Roses? great example of what happens. It's a progression to anger, which is destructive, and we need to understand it. I tell couples in the marriage in the class that we do deal with it when it's just this big, because it's manageable. You can deal with it. Um, but when it gets that big, it becomes a little bit more difficult to deal with. That's why the Bible says, don't let the sun go down while you're still angry. Now, it kind of, you can take that literally if you want, but, you know, what it's really saying is deal with it quickly. Um, there's been towns in Italy that have been fighting for centuries because someone forgot to bring a bucket back. You know, this, this is documented in history. Typical Italians, man. Elders, just unbelievable. Just return the bucket, for goodness sake, you know, and just say sorry, do something. Third thing we need to do is understand that the antidote to, forgive, to anger is forgiveness. Paul goes on to say, be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ God forgave you. In place of bitterness, rage, and anger, we are called to be kind, to be compassionate, to forgive one another. Anger kills, forgiveness heals. Look, look, look what the scripture says. You, have, you, you, you were taught with regard to your former way of life, in other words, that's how you used to live, to put off the old self, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires. Put, put, it, put it away, put off the old self. That's the way you used to react. That's the way you used to live. But listen to what it says. But to be made new, where? In the attitude of your mind and to put on the new self, created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. Paul says the antidote to anger is, and rage is forgiveness. 
We're going to deal with the anger. We need to identify who we're angry with. We need to make a decision to forgive them. Um, people will often say, yeah, but if we forgive them, they're going to get away with what they've done. We want them to suffer. It's not fair. It's the injustice. The reality is forgiveness is for our benefit more than for the other person. That's why the Bible says the best way to deal with hurts and wounds and bitterness is the path of forgiveness. Pastor Joe, they're going to get away with what they've done. Listen to what the Bible says. Dear friends, never take revenge. Don't take revenge. Never fight evil with evil. Leave that to the righteous anger of God. For the Scriptures say, I will take revenge. I will pay them back, says the Lord. Just leave them to the Lord. When we understand the power of forgiveness, it brings freedom to our lives. Listen carefully. Forgiveness is not condoning the behavior. It's not pretending it never happened. It's not becoming a doormat to further hurts. It's choosing by the grace of God to let the other person off the hook. And when we do that, it sets us free. Commit them to God and say, God, they're in your hands. We set ourselves free from being a slave to them in our minds by forgiving. Pastor Joe, but it's really hard to forgive. You, 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 better, you better believe it's really hard to forgive. And there's a process to forgiveness. Forgiveness is not just that, well, I choose to forgive them and it's done. It can happen sometimes. We can just let it go. But there's a process of forgiveness. And it's not easy. It's by the grace of God and for the glory of God. It's God who helps us to do the supernatural. It's God who helps us to do things which humanly are not possible. What, what is it that helps us to forgive? Notice what Paul says. Forgiving each other just as in Christ God forgave you. What enables us to forgive others is an understanding that we have been forgiven. For the Christian forgiveness is not an option. It's the normal way of life. Think about the process of anger. Been hurt in some way. You think about the offense. The more you think about it, the worse you feel. You nurse the hurt, the anger leads to bitterness, resentment. The more you think about it, the more you think about revenge. And then we look for opportunities to express that. Think about what happens when we forgive that person. We are free from anger. You, you break that hold on your life. You, you, you break that chain that's, that's surrounding your heart. And no longer pursue revenge. We pray for that person. We seek reconciliation where possible. It's not always possible, not always advisable. And the result of that is we experience freedom and the peace of God. The mind governed by the flesh is death. The mind governed by revenge is death. The mind governed by bitterness is death. The mind governed by resentment is death. But the mind governed by the Spirit leads to life and peace. Pastor Joseph, what do we need to do? We need to, by the grace of God, choose to forgive in the name of Jesus. Just to ask God to help us through that process of forgiveness. Because it's, the Bible says, it's by His stripes that we are healed. You know, communion reminds us of two things that help us to overcome the wounds and the hurts that are deep in our hearts and spirits. Number one, the Bible says, by stripes we are healed. And that doesn't just mean physically. It applies to the emotion. It applies to the mind. And also the, the communion reminds us 
that because we've been forgiven, we also can forgive. Forgiving each other just as in Christ, God forgave you. God could have said, you know what, I'm not going to forgive them. No, they, they just keep, no, I'm not, no, I'm not going to do it. No, no, it's not fair. It's not fair. They've, they've hurt me, God could have said. Forgive just as in God. Christ has forgiven you. When you understand and you get a revelation of what Christ has forgiven in you, it becomes easier to forgive. It's, not, it's never easy to forgive. It just becomes easier. You say, by God's grace, I'm going to forgive that person. So, you know, maybe, 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 you, maybe you're not aware of what's going on underneath. Maybe, maybe the first prayer for you is just simply, Lord, help me to deal with this anger because I just see it come up again and again. Maybe that's, maybe that's the first prayer for you. Or maybe, maybe you do know what's underneath it. Maybe you need to pray, oh God, help, help heal this wound in my heart. Help me to forgive those that have hurt me. We're going to sing a song and ask the brethren. They're going to help us distribute the eminence to come quickly. And uh, we're going to take communion today. My, my prayer is...